0: Welcome to another conversation on Orthodoxy.
1: Hi, podcast listeners. Since you're listening to this podcast, I can assume a few things about you. You're probably someone who listens to other podcasts, you certainly understand English, and you're either Orthodox already or interested in knowing more. I can also guess that you are probably aware of Ancient Faith Radio.
0: I'm Bobby Maddox, and uh, I'm the operations manager of, of Ancient Faith Radio, and have been such
2: for about four, almost five years. And I'm John Maddox, uh, the founder of Ancient Faith Radio, along with my wife, Tanya, and I'm the CEO of Conciliar Media Ministries, which includes Conciliar Press and Ancient Faith Radio.
1: In the English language, AFR is the major player in spoken Orthodox education and inspiration. At the time of this recording, they have 81 podcasts. Not to mention special recordings of events around the country and 24-hour streaming music. In terms of any online talk and music network out there, this is huge. Considering how small the Orthodox population is in America, this is nothing short of astonishing. And yet this podcast behemoth was started by one man, John Maddox, working primarily with only family resources. A decade later, it's one of the most successful outreach tools we have and continues to be entirely supported by donations. Ancient faith radio merged recently with conciliar press now known as ancient faith publishing and John is overseeing both earlier this year. I sat down with John and his son, Bobby, who's the operations manager of the radio business. Now to get a behind the scenes, look at how ancient faith operates and what it takes to run an orthodox internet ministry supported only by donations. Now, you guys are located in the Midwest. Is Ancient Faith uh, an all Midwest United States operation?
2: We're really a virtual company. Uh, our Ancient Faith radio operation is all right here in Chesterton, uh, Indiana, although we do have a part-time producer up in uh, uh, Michigan as well. And then on the conciliar side, uh, we're scattered all over the place. We have uh, a full and part-time employees in California, in uh, Kansas, in Hawaii, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, three in Indiana.
1: And Ancient Faith has just recently become quite a bit bigger. It's no longer just the radio. Is that correct? You guys have uh, merged now with Conciliar Press and become a a much larger organization.
2: Right. The station has been around since 2004. Conciliar has been around much longer. Uh, We merged with with, uh, Conciliar in uh, 2008. And John, you're the
1: CEO of both of those now?
2: Yes. No, of of both. Uh, After we merged, about a year later, the board asked me to be the CEO of uh, over the whole operation then. and John, you have a background in radio, and
1: we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But why did you decide to start an internet operation rather than a, a regular Radio station or a series of radio
2: stations. Well, it really had more to do with the availability of out, out uh, of a of an outlet, uh, because when you think about terrestrial radio and uh, typical AM FM radio stations, you're limited to a certain frequency in a certain market, and over the years, most of the frequencies in markets of any size have already been taken. And so in order to start a radio station, you really have to buy a frequency, uh, either in the commercial band or the non-commercial band. And the cost is just excessive. And even if you could find the money to buy a station, you're still only reaching one market. And the Internet has opened the door for everybody else. It's kind of leveled the playing field so that using streaming media, anybody can have a station and you reach the whole world. It's just a matter of creating something that appeals to a niche market and uh, make sure they know you're there.
1: Well, I, I think that decision has paid off in a big way. AFR is is obviously extremely popular, uh, particularly in the English language.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so over, the, over the last, uh, you know, now almost nine years, uh, word of mouth, social media, uh, Relationships with uh, parish uh, priests—we've worked very hard to not just stay within our own little boundaries, but uh, Bobby and I both try to get out and uh, record conferences, record seminars, get to know the parish priests, and develop relationships. And that way, you end up—you uh, know—being linked on their website or you're in their bulletin, and uh, you know one friend telling another friend seems like your operations, particularly in
1: the podcasting, are really picking up steam. Uh, you're adding podcasts left and right, and the, the content offerings are getting uh, pretty deep.
0: Yes. And initially, uh, you know, it pretty much was us traveling from place to place. But more and more these days, churches are getting their own digital recorders. And uh, in a lot of cases, um, whether you're talking about St. Vladimir's Seminary or uh, some of the other colleges, the Orthodox colleges and in graduate schools, uh, large parishes have their own digital recording equipment, and so they can send us their recordings now. And so we don't even actually have to, uh, to go in many cases and visit the church. We can just uh, get the recordings from them on our FTP site and, and, and broadcast those that way.
1: Is it getting to the point now where when someone has an event of some sort that they are approaching you to have the audio?
0: Yeah, you know, for, I think for the most part, um, uh, they do approach us. There, there are uh, some cases, you know, we're on a, uh, obviously on many, many email lists. And uh, we'll say something that comes across our desk that, that looks intriguing and looks like something that we really need to be at. And then we will go ahead and make contact. But increasingly, uh, it is the, the, the parishes and the conference organizers who are contacting us. if you don't mind, can we go back and talk about uh, how
1: AFR got started? It uh, it was just um, music streaming at the beginning,
2: correct? Yeah, back in 2004, uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, we just really started with a music stream. And at that point, I was still working full time and so could only uh, concentrate on Ancient Faith Radio in the evenings and on weekends. And Tanya, my wife, uh, did a lot of work on it during the day. But after I left my full-time job at, uh, at Moody Bible Institute, uh, I was able to devote full-time to Ancient Faith Radio, and that's when the podcasts developed, and soon we had enough podcasts to justify a full-time talk station. So then you had two stations, and then the, the growing list of, uh, of podcasts, and then most recently in this last year, uh, the two uh, live shows as well. You still have the
1: music, but it seems like really the bread and butter of Ancient Faith Radio now is all these podcasts that you have.
2: Well, it's interesting. uh, When you think back at 2004, as as quickly as as media and technology changes, there just weren't that many podcasts around in 2004. And uh, and not that many streaming radio stations either, for that matter. Uh, So after we had uh, launched the streaming station, we had kind of a mix of talk. You know, we, we got some conference recordings, and I remember one of our early series was called the Great Tapes Series, and we uh, two or three times a day would air just these lectures and uh, seminar speeches uh, that we were able to get uh, from various sources, but one of our prime sources was Orthodox Christian Cassettes, our friend Don Lowry who used to go around and record and then uh, have kind of a lending basis of cassettes that he would ship around. So after the, uh, uh, the blend uh, and we started realizing that uh, you could actually have podcasts that people could subscribe to and you know, learn what an RSS feed was and through the help of our web manager, Father John Schraddell. Uh, we started launching a couple of podcasts, and then it just it just blossomed from there. What was the time span
1: between when you were chrismated and uh, when you started Afr?
2: We were chrismated in uh, July of two thousand. We had been exploring orthodoxy for the previous three years, so you know, around 1997 is when we first started looking at orthodoxy and then finally converted in 2000. And uh, it was a, uh, a pastor friend of mine who at that point was the pastor of an, of an independent uh, evangelical church, but who was very friendly toward orthodoxy, uh, who had suggested uh, that I should be putting my experience in radio into something for the Orthodox Church. And uh, so that was uh, about 2000, well, that was still 2004, that was in the spring. And uh, that's when I really started thinking about ways to be able to uh, to do that. So I'd been Orthodox for four years when we uh, launched AFR.
1: And were you jumping in at the same time, Bobby, with your dad?
0: Yeah, we were, we were all pretty much becoming Orthodox at the same time. Um, my parents and then uh, my sister and her her husband. And uh, so we were actually chrismated in November of 2001. You know, in all of that time, I mean, my experience and my work experience is, is almost entirely in um, publishing. I worked for various magazines from the time I graduated college until I started working for Ancient Faith Radio. What happened was when Conciliar approached uh, my father to be the, the CEO, He was not sure what they were going to do at the radio station. Um, Being the CEO of Conciliar Media Ministries was definitely going to be a full-time position. and He just would not have time any longer to attend to the day-to-day needs of the radio station. And, uh, And it was growing very quickly. And at that time, I was the editor of a magazine called Salvo. You know, but it was very... Appreciative of what my father had created, and uh, very worried that it would fall to the wayside if uh, if he was not able to to uh, work on it, work with it on a daily basis. And uh, so I, I volunteered. I said, you know, well, if the, you know, if the uh, the board will will allow it, I would be willing to to leave my my editor job and take over the day-to-day operations of the station, so that you could um, fulfill your role as as CEO. You know, I realized it was something of a, of a legacy for my parents and I wanted to help, help preserve that. And so uh, it's, it's been a good decision. I, I, um, I'm still able to have my hand in, in publishing somewhat. I still do some freelance things for some magazines, but, um, but I've really enjoyed uh, having my full-time work be the, being the operations manager of the station.
1: Can you explain to us a little bit about um, the, the experience of the different podcasters that are on your, your network? Um, you know, what's what kind of hardware do they use? What's their production process like, things like that?
0: Well, um, all of our podcasters have their own recording equipment. And these days, high quality digital recording equipment is not all that expensive. So in some cases, the podcasters purchase their own equipment. In other cases we provide them with that equipment. How a new podcast gets started, the typical procedure is that someone will approach us, someone who has expertise in a particular area that's related to orthodoxy, and we'll say you know, hey I'm interested in in doing a podcast. So the first thing we'll do is um, make sure that they get the the blessing of their priest and their bishop, and uh, you know we want to make sure that all of our podcasters are are, are vetted, they are in good standing with the church and, and are not going to uh, say anything heretical or, or anything like that in their podcast. And then, you know, once they get permission, then we, we, we have them do some sample recordings for us and just kind of get an idea of what they're going to sound like, what the quality is going to be like. We try to make all of those adjustments at the front end to make sure that by the time uh, they're ready to begin their podcast, that their audio quality is good and um, that they indeed have something to say and something that they'll be able to say uh, for a sustained period of time.
1: And do you do all the production of the podcast episodes for them?
0: No, so, well, in, in some cases, some of our, our podcasters are very tech savvy. Uh, an example would be like, you know, like Father Tom Soroka. And Father Tom does everything on his own. Uh, he can you know, everything from recording himself to uh, adding his own open and close to editing and producing and to posting it. So he takes care of all of that. And that's kind of a, a rarity. I mean, there's a handful of podcasters that can do that. But for the most part, uh, the podcasts come to uh, either my father, to me, or to one of our producers, our other producers. And uh, we will edit them, edit the audio, and produce it, and and post it. So that's, that's I spent a, a large portion of my day doing that, uh, as does my, my wife Paige. And uh, we have a producer up in Michigan. And I know my father does his share of of, uh, of production as well. Neither of you two come from a technical background,
1: but you're running a business, a service that is so technical in nature, being all internet based. How do you manage all of that?
2: Well, uh, we use the services of Father John Schradel, Orthodox Internet Services, and so we are uh, leasing web servers that he has contact with. He's he is a uh, kind of a a. Pass through for us, and keeps on the alert for uh, the best performing services. And we use a sophisticated content delivery network because uh, when you have as as many audio files up there as we do, and they're being accessed all around the world, you really have to have a content delivery content delivery network that uh, works and works everywhere. So that the experience of the end user is is good. It's not a frustrating, constantly buffering or constantly, uh, you know, taking forever to download. Uh, you know, so that the podcasts are there and they work. Uh, and so Father John Chrenel uh, does a lot of that uh, back end infrastructure uh, work for us to make sure that it's running smoothly.
1: Well, your operations seem very good and uh, and stable. So kudos to you and to Father John.
2: Well, he's just he's one of the best there is. I mean, orthodox or not orthodox. uh, He just has an incredible knowledge and ability and is very forward thinking and helps uh, keep us on the cutting edge of, of new technology as well.
1: So, looking toward that future, where do you see uh, the AFR audio going? Do you do you ever see yourself kind of backtracking into the terrestrial radio space?
0: I think we're going to stay on, on on internet only. Um, that's kind of the, the the future of the the medium. Um, there really isn't room on um, terrestrial radio for additional radio stations. Uh, almost all of the uh, um, the frequencies are are taken and um, uh, and, and frankly, you know, we, we kind of see the future as being um, internet based. Uh, already, many automobile manufacturers are outfitting their cars with, with with the internet, making it increasingly easy to listen to podcasts and to listen to internet radio in their cars. And uh, that's just where the future is, as far as television i mean we're not interested in television per se we are interested in expanding um into video once we figure out what that would look like how that would work Uh, we we have done a little bit of of investigation into it and have um, explored some possibilities of perhaps doing some, some presentations of, of, of iconography or some lessons about iconography through the use of, of, of video. But we, we want to wait to do it until we can do it right. And we can do um, something high quality that matches the quality of the audio. Uh, we're not sure at this point that we just want to throw up a bunch of a, a YouTube videos. Um, uh, we're really interested to see where video might take us. We're actually um, preparing right now and are in the process of building the, the next version of our website in that next version, uh, we're gonna build in the capacity to um, host more video. And, um, and you know, we've had some, we have put up a few videos and uh, they've been very well received. Uh, Steve Robinson did a, did a really, uh, he's from Steve the Builder podcast, did a really interesting video one time just explaining like a, a basic lesson of theology. And uh, it's that sort of thing. If we can figure out how to quickly and consistently um, offer on-demand video, then we'll do it. Right now, we're not quite sure what
2: that would look like. We are blessed to have on our board a uh, a, a, a top-notch executive who owns his own uh, video production company. And so uh, he is advising and uh, helping us move in uh, the the best direction. And my guess is it'll not only be something that will benefit uh, Ancient Faith Radio, but Conciliar Press as, as well.
1: Well, one great thing that uh, I've seen you guys do this year is starting your new uh, live call-in shows, the two shows with uh, with Kevin Allen and with Father Evan Armitas, uh, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Are you guys planning to start any new ones?
0: Yeah, well, we're going to wait and see what happens. I mean, these have been very, very successful, and uh, we've had a, uh, just a tremendous response. They both, in their podcast versions, have quickly risen to the top of our um of our list of podcasts, uh, in terms of popularity and in terms of downloads. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely open to, you know, to, to, to what comes next, you know, um, and I don't know what that's going to be, you know, if we want to, uh, uh, you know, add a third podcast on a, you know, a third live show on a Sunday night and then rotate the three, or if we want to e- even start on, on other nights, you know, uh, we'll see, uh, nothing's come along so far that, uh, looks like it would make a great program, but we are, very excited about our live radio, and
2: eager to uh, to push forward on that. And in you know it's a, it's our commitment to, to do these types of things with state of the art technology. And so uh, we're able to uh, utilize uh, really the the most current uh, equipment, IP based equipment, in order to have these live shows on the air. The, the show originates, for example, Kevin's show, Ancient Faith, today. Kevin is in Orange, California, where his, uh, the studio is in his home. We're producing and taking the calls here in Chesterton, Indiana. Uh, but we connect with Kevin with a, uh, a high-end, IP-based uh, system called the Telos Zip-1 and uh, it is the same system that the top-rated networks are using to have remote audio, uh, radio interviews and and shows. And so uh, it involves putting a uh, similar piece of equipment in the remote studio and uh, uh, dialing, dialing them up through the internet. And then it, it gives studio quality presentation. It sounds like, you know, Kevin's in the room with you. And the same way with Father Evan, we've installed uh, similar equipment at his home. And so he sounds like he's right in the room. And so if we do more of these, it will be because we have invested uh, into the equipment to install this technology uh, into other studios around the country or even other parts of the world.
1: Has it been very challenging or expensive to set up these live call-in shows?
2: The home-end equipment that we've invested in is the lion's share of the cost. Uh, so then to set up remote studios, you just have to invest in a single piece of equipment uh, that's still expensive. Uh, it's you know It's still close to $2,000 for each time. But if the resources to pull it off, you know, back here at the home base, you have to have an engineer, some a call screener, and a producer. And then the host has, you know, is the host. And then he, uh, Kevin has uh, a, a producer that works with him there. Uh, Father Evan does it solo uh, at his studio. So if you add more of these call-in programs, obviously it's a, it's a commitment of another night for, uh, for those of us who work on the live shows. And it involves the commitment of the host on a regular basis uh, to say okay you know my travel schedule is affected my family's affected and i'm committing you know once a week or twice a month uh, for these nights to be available for these live shows and plus the uh the two hosts put a tremendous
0: amount of work into preparing for for each show thinking of, of right now of, of kevin in particular who i mean hours and hours of research on these topics and uh, uh, emails back and forth with the, with the guests about um, potential questions and revisions. And it's just a lot of work. And uh, uh, so you have to have find somebody who's willing to put in that kind of time because otherwise the the show itself will suffer.
1: Well, I for one really appreciate the work that they do and that you guys do. And uh, it comes out with a, a really great product.
0: Yeah, we've, we've been really blessed with both those guys. They're just both uh, tremendous Orthodox Christians and just radio naturals and uh, neither one comes from a radio background but you would you would never know it I've noticed um,
1: recently, maybe over the last year or so, um, that you're beginning to start podcasting in Spanish as well as just English. Uh, Are you guys aggressively going out seeking new Spanish content?
0: Well, um, so far the Spanish podcasts have all come to us um, and uh, we were always eager to to, uh, start broadcasting in other languages. Um, And we did wanna begin with Spanish because such a, highest percentage of Americans um, are, uh, their first language is Spanish. Uh, but we are interested in moving into other languages as well, not just with our broadcast, but with our, our transcripts. Um, right now we have transcripts available. Uh, people can sponsor transcripts of various podcasts. Many like to, in addition to listening, like to read. And we'd like to, provide those podcasts in other languages besides English. Uh, we'd like to do things in, uh, in Arabic and in Greek and in Russian. As we're working on this new website, uh, we are working on building that sort of thing in as well, or at least uh, that will give us the potential to do some more um, foreign language uh, broadcasts. And, and uh, so we're, we're, you know we're eager to move in that direction as well. Great, so now that uh, AFR
1: and Conciliar Press are merged into one entity, how do those two
0: um, help each other out? Yeah, the, the, the synergy is kind of built in and uh, it's been really cool to see uh, that take place. On the Ancient Faith Radio side, of course we're able to help promote various books that are being published. Uh, Conciliar Press has its own podcast in Ancient Faith Radio called Ex Libris and, and uh, different Conciliar Press books are featured there. All kinds of opportunities to to uh, make our listeners aware of good Orthodox books they might be interested in, and the other you know, and then it kind of works the other way as well. Um, A number of our podcasters who started off as podcasters have become Conciliar Press writers. Um, A good example would be Father Andrew Stephen Damick, who did a podcast called Orthodoxy and Heterodoxy, uh, that eventually, using his notes, turned into a book, and it's one of our one of Conciliar Press's bestsellers. So the synergy between the two organizations has been great.
1: Obviously, Ancient Faith Radio is well-known and liked in the English-speaking Orthodox world. I wonder, the, do you know, does Ancient Faith have any reach into non-Orthodox listeners?
2: But uh, A recent survey tells us that uh, we have a substantial number of non-Orthodox uh, listeners. Uh, And these are inquirers. These are, you know, people who in kind of the safety and privacy of their own home can explore the ancient Christian faith and not have to uh, worry about questions that come in from their friends and if they're just not ready to talk about it. It's amazing how many uh, uh, clergy, evangelical pastors listen to us. And uh, kind of in in uh, secret, <laughs> and learn more about the uh, the ancient Christian faith. And we've had story after story of people who have heard something on the radio, and uh, it's caused them to want to explore further. And then you get that wonderful email that says, uh, uh, "Wanted you to know that I was received into the church by chrismation last week, but I first learned about Orthodoxy through uh, this podcast or through this, you know, your streaming station or or something that you've had on." So uh, do you guys have any plans to start
0: marketing directly to the non-Orthodox? I don't, I don't really think we need to. (laughs) I I think that the the non-Orthodox who are, who are searching almost always find us. I mean, when, when, when my dad says that, you know, there was a a market majority of our listeners from our survey were, were uh, either uh, seekers or converts. I mean, that's, that's the largest proportion of, of who is listening to us. I don't know what else we could even really do to reach out more to to the non-orthodox. We're doing all we can to um, to increase our presence uh, among cradle orthodox Christians, and uh, have made some some inroads there. And I think that. Even that culture, the the cradle orthodox culture, it has it has changed a lot over the last ten to twenty years, and um, and we've seen it change just this time that we've uh, we've been doing Asian faith radio. Well,
2: and you know we have we're very blessed with with our board of directors, uh, most of whom are converts, and our board chairman, uh, Deacon uh, Mike Hyatt. Uh, who is well known in the evangelical world used to be the uh, president and CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers and now has his own very popular blog at uh, michaelhyatt.com, and uh, uh speaks and and writes uh speaks at major evangelical conventions uh he told us uh, in one of our board meetings that uh when anybody whenever anybody asks him about where he goes to church and they find out that he's uh, orthodox, he says, the first thing I tell them to do is go listen to Ancient Faith Radio. Uh, you'll find out uh, uh, so much about the faith. There's something there for everybody. We have an entire section uh, in our collections uh, area uh, just for new, interested people in, in orthodoxy. Just asks and answers some of the very basic questions that all of us had as converts. So, uh, you know, Bobby's right. I, I I think a concentrated effort to market to that community would certainly be be nice, but I'm not sure it's necessary be, uh, because uh, word of mouth, you know, people are searching. And uh, you, all you should do is look on the internet and start searching for uh, information about orthodoxy and eventually will show up. And really, one big part
0: of our outreach now has become the Orthodoxy Live program with Father Evan. He's getting a ton of listeners who are Orthodox seekers because that's exactly what the program is made for—is for, is for uh, you know the questions that you always wanted to ask about Orthodoxy but were afraid to ask. And it's, it's a safe place um, for these evangelical pastors and for um, these uh, potential Catholic converts. call in and say hey you know i don't really get why you guys believe this you know and 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 father evan does a great job with them and so um that's become another big way that we're able to to uh to reach out to uh to, to seekers those looking for the uh the ancient faith
1: well i really appreciate both of you guys spending some time with me to talk about ancient faith radio and what happens behind the scenes and just have uh one last question for you before we go can you Tease us up about what we can look forward to uh, coming out of Afr uh, and in conciliar media, uh, Ministries uh, uh, from in the uh, upcoming months and, and year.
0: Well, like I said, um, you know, look for this new website. We're going to have it finished, um, hopefully, by uh, by the end of this year. It's really going to be a a vastly improved site. I mean, we've enjoyed the site, but you know, it's time to move forward. And I guess I guess that's the real thing. If, if we're talking about the uh, the future of Ancient Faith Radio. Is that we want to continue to remain on the cutting edge, you know, whatever that means. It's, it's almost hard to predict these days what is going to be coming around the bend. Um, but when it comes, we want to be ready and we want to jump on it and, uh, and make sure that um, we're taking advantage of, of every opportunity and every new development in Internet radio to spread the news about the Orthodox Church. At the end of the day, how do you
1: determine whether or not you've been successful with your work at uh, AFR and Conciliar Press?
2: I think uh, both of us uh, like to be sure we keep coming back to that little section on our website called Listener Comments. If you ever just want to be blessed, take 15 minutes and just start reading through the comments. Uh, They go back several years. And... They are uh, current. Uh, Bobby ups, updates them regularly, so you'll see some from uh, you know March two thousand thirteen and going all the way back. And just start reading. Take take a good ten or fifteen minutes, and you'll start to see uh, what what we see and why we feel so privileged and so honored to uh, to be able to do this. So that's that's the measure knowing that uh, people are being blessed and that people are coming into the faith or those cradle orthodox who have been orthodox all their lives are reconnecting with their own faith and realizing the depth and the riches uh, uh, that is there. Yeah, any, any week that we receive an email that indicates a, a changed life is a good week.
1: Uh, John, can you tell us really quick what's happening over at Conciliar Press?
2: Oh, uh, I tell you, Conciliar Press is exploding. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, th- uh, two or three years, uh, some great new books, uh, a whole new look in terms of our uh, the covers of our books and the quality is, is high. Uh, just be looking for some wonderful titles uh, uh, this year uh we're kind of coming of age at conciliar uh you know we used to be the place for uh orthodox convert stories uh, which are still good but those converts uh, from 15 20 years ago you know now want to go deeper and they're looking for us uh, uh, some wisdom from the fathers of the church and so a lot of the new titles this year are going to be along those lines and a little more in depth ebooks we are uh, putting all of our titles in the ebook category. We're just about uh, completed on that. I've uh, got uh, not, not too many more to go. There's audio books there. Uh, we are interested in uh, doing some uh, video catechism and uh, have some ideas along those lines. So, you know, people will always want to read. Uh, it's immaterial what venue, what format they read in, whether it's a printed book, an ebook, or have it read to them by audio. Uh, We just want to be sure that the content is deep and fulfilling and honoring to Christ and his church and make sure that it's available in every format that uh, people want to use to enrich their faith.
1: Well, it's been great to talk to both of you. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate the information and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again someday soon.
2: You too, Mark. Bye-bye.
1: I really feel strongly that it's important that we support ancient faith radio and give uh, generously to its work because it's so very important for those who are inquiring uh, like i was myself at one time ancient faith is invaluable the content that they have there the podcast the archives uh, were were extremely important to me and i know i've heard that same thing from many many other people and it would, be, um, it would be absolutely tragic to the cause of orthodoxy here in America or, or really in the entire English-speaking world if we didn't have these things available that, uh, that John and Bobby have worked to make sure are available to us all and for free. And I know that most everyone who listens to Ancient Faith Radio um, has never actually given any money at all. Maybe they don't think much about it. I know Ancient Faith Radio and Ancient Faith Publishing are operated as two separate entities so even though ancient faith publishing uh, sells books and icons and and has uh, you know, money-making uh, products uh, that does not mean that that spills over to ancient faith radio it doesn't and, uh, and even the publishing arm is still nonprofit and, and more or less just um, just kinda of pays its bills I would add a heartfelt and unasked for plea with anyone who's listening to this now or in the future please set aside just a little bit of money if it's a one-time gift to ancient faith radio um, that's great if you can set up a small amount of money you know 10 20 um, you know 30 40 whatever you can give even on a monthly basis that would would just go such a long way to making sure that ancient faith still exists for years and years and years to come And I appreciate um, you taking the time to listen through to the end of this podcast and this, this interview with John and Bobby. It's been a, a long time coming and, and I've teased it up for quite a while. And I apologize for the length of time that it took to, to get it into your hands. Life intervenes. And uh, this podcast is just one of many things that I'm doing. If you like more information of, about other projects that I'm involved in, um, there's quite a few. Probably the best place to go. To find that information would be to um, my website, which is just at Bradshaw.cc. Very simple. Um, that's my my personal site where I blog, and I have links off to other projects um, that I'm doing, uh, Facebook communities, a small website called Orthodox Collective that gives you a broad overview of the kind of the entirety of of Orthodox writing as it's going on right now. Everything more or less that's written on the web uh, by orthodox authors on on blogs and and in various communities will show up there in one place Uh, so it's kind of a good place to find out who all is out there and what are people saying that's kind of a nice thing we have this podcast which is conversations on orthodoxy.com we're on itunes please go there and and subscribe comment Tell your friends about it. Uh, We're also on the Stitcher app. So if you use Stitcher to listen, uh, rate us up. This this is important. But the most important thing is just telling people about it. If you found this information interesting or any of the podcasts that I've done so far, please tell your friends, uh, orthodox or non-orthodox, let them know what we're doing here um, so that we can continue to build uh, some awareness of the interviews, the conversations, that I'm having as I explore into the Orthodox world and, and hear from the people who are knowledgeable and passionate about the things that are going on, uh, whether it be in the Orthodox life, uh, things that are happening in the social sphere, or the, the issues that converts or potential converts will face. You know, we talk about all of these and uh, it's important for people to hear and to know that the ancient church still exists after 2,000 years and it's, it's here in America, it's available, it hasn't gone anywhere and we need to do our part to make sure everybody knows. If you have any questions, uh, anything that you'd like me to uh, follow up with on a podcast or a blog post, please let me know. I'd love to hear that sort of feedback and give me some direction on where I can be going next and what you'd like to hear about. If you'd like to be on a podcast episode, that's great too. I I have some backlog of interviews that I've done that I, I need to work through, but I love to have conversations with people about what orthodoxy has meant to them and uh, and how it's impacted their life and uh, and i'd love to talk to you so just drop me a line go to the website bradshaw.cc is a good place to start and contact me through that and we'll set you up on a, a future podcast thank you for listening to another
2: conversation on orthodoxy